You're listening to Lights Out, where we'll talk about all things Formula One. From racecraft and strategy, to politics on and off the grid, and just about everything else in between. This is our call to the girls, gays, and theys who might have never considered themselves sporty, that now is the time to get into sports. Or at least this sport. And to the guys, welcome to the ladies' locker room. We're your hosts. I'm Kate. My name's Kennedy. And with that... Hi, guys. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. And welcome back to everybody after three lovely weeks off for summer break. Lovely, glorious, much needed time off, not only for Formula One, but us too. Yes. Kennedy, what did you do for your summer break? For my summer break, I did a few things. I went on a family vacation, which was lovely. I spent a lot of that time off the grid, kind of just. Being with my family, I started the Akatar series. So I, I read Ooh. two books in a week and then just like swam. I got, I was, I became the tannish that I've been since 2019, which Ooh. great for me. Love that for me. Love uh-huh. the journey. <laughs> and then I came home and I went to a Taylor Swift dance party. So yep. a lot, a lot has happened. <laughs> Super eventful. It was Uh just me in a room with other people just screaming our little hearts out to all of Taylor's discography. As it should be. Masks on, vaccinated. It It was really everything that I wanted and more in this time. So it was great. Yeah, amazing. So producer Soph also had a fun summer break. She went back home to Colorado to see her fam and some friends. But Sophie... You had an unexpected visitor in Colorado as well. Can you tell us briefly about who else was in Colorado? Get on the mic. So I was in Steamboat with some gal pals. And guess who also was in Steamboat with some gal pals? (laughs) But Valtteri Botas. Valtteri Botas? He was doing a cycling race in Steamboat. And he was posting all these Instagram stories of himself like at these bars that I was also at during the same week. And so part of me was trying was was thinking about staying in Steamboat longer in order to try and find him. <laughs> because I was like, in this mountain town, in order people to have aren't a really going to know Valtteri very well. Yeah. So I think it'll be okay if a fan goes up to him in this scenario. Yeah, but I just see. sent him a sappy DM instead and... He then proceeded to turn off his DMs. So who knows? <laughs> Pretty brutal, honestly. Well, that's really cool, though. That's that's super cool. I mean, I think it's especially because, you know, we live in the States. And as of right now, with the exception of, like, Daniel Ricardo, like, being in California a lot, like, no one lives here from the world of Formula One. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really neat to kind of see them, you know, visiting our country. It's always really jarring. I mean, I know, like, whenever we see Instagrams of, like, Lewis Hamilton running in New York, like, it's always like, wait, what? Yeah, I am so thrown off. Like, on the one <laughs> hand, it's so exciting when uh, anyone from F1 is, like, in the U.S. Sure. Um, but it also feels inherently wrong. Like they're here, and I'm like, <laughs> You're like shouldn't. why? I'm like, I mean, like other than the race being here, like I like this. The vibes are off. Like I'm sorry. There are like so many other places you could be going to, <laughs> but you know, it's yeah. cool. It's cool. Kate, what did you do? Well, 
I mostly I refinished two dressers, which oh doesn't DIY sound, yeah it doesn't sound like it should have taken three weeks and those Pinterest bitches definitely uh lied to me about mm. how long it was gonna take mm-hmm. um but yeah that's mostly what i did for three weeks and then like you know a couple other like errands and stuff here and there but truly i think the bulk of my time um was spent on those dressers so you know what they look great well that's all that matters happy with the outcome but uh yeah that was my summer break i know that i did promise at the end of the pre-summer break episode that I was going to go to a spa before everyone went to spa. And I I regret to say I did not I did not go to a spa over summer break. That being said, mm-hmm. next weekend my lovely boyfriend were going on a little trip upstate and he booked us a very fancy spa experience. He listened to the episode. So I will be one week late on going to to the spa but i too will probably be given how many like uh saunas and like baths and whatever they're there Uh at least as damp as everybody who was at the race today yeah yeah definitely but hopefully warmer so we are like in spa but no one really went to spa today so yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right so i guess we 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 need to be honest so today the belgium gp spa the race that really wasn't a race. If you did not tune into the four-hour broadcast of, <laughs> of the race, there was a deluge of rain in which our Formula One championship contenders only did four laps on the track before calling it. And let it be known, not a single one of those four laps was like a lights out and away we go racing lap. No. Every single one of them was either the initial formation lap <laughs> or a behind the safety car, safety car lap. So right. yeah, that was the extent of the Sunday racing this week. Right, right. That initial racing, that initial formation lap sort of resulted in a safety car because Sergio Perez his Red Bull crashed. He had to be carted off the track. But then we had that safety car and weather conditions and just visibility was not there. I don't know if anyone's driven with a little bit of fog, but like imagine that and then imagine like actual rain just hitting your face, like being spat on the entire time. That's that's truly like what spa was like for for our racers today. Yeah, we did sort of two laps and then we took a super duper relaxing two hour and 54 ish minute break Mm -hmm. and then we um did two more laps uh and then it was and that well and then we spent another 20 minutes pretending like maybe we were gonna race again and then michael massey the race director and the fia were like actually we're not gonna resume the race it's over so basically this week depending on how you qualified on saturday and assuming you did not, between Saturday and Sunday, incur a penalty or crash, uh, you finished wherever you qualified. <laughs> Which was very exciting because the Saturday was super exciting for um, a couple reasons. One of them being our, our true love, Georgie Russell, qualifying in second position, front row, front row lockout with second Ian Max place. Verstappen. In a Williams. In Can a we Williams. Address 
I don't want to belabor the fact that we have already spent probably a cumulative three and a half hours talking about George Russell alone over Mm -hmm. the course of these 15 episodes. Mm -hmm. Reese Engineer Sophia, just to say that, yeah, I think it's more like five hours cumulative. I don't know how it happens is the thing. I don't know how it happens, but... The girls have a few more things to say, and then I promise we're going to give you some more details on what actually happened at Spa today. I promise. I'll get them there. That being said, I'm sorry, he qualified in second place in Williams, which I think should be worthy of its own special distinction awards. Definitely. And like, honestly, for people who didn't watch qualifying or like didn't listen along to the very extended red flag commentary today. It was like fairly likely that actually he would get, he was going to get pole position. He was very close to just getting pole position, which given the way that this race ended up going in terms of the fact that there really wasn't a race Mm -hmm. today would have meant that it would have been his first pole position and his first race win and his first podium in a fell swoop, (laughs) which would have been a hell of a weekend. It would have been a hell of a weekend, but you know, that's not how it turned out. But there's more season left for Georgie Russell, and that redemption is coming. We can Mm. feel it. Okay, Georgie Russell time is up. Let's let the audience know what actually happened in the four hours of broadcast that we watched today at Spa. Just did anything happen? Please tell me. I, I need a summary. So... Although it was not a full race and Georgie Russell did get that P2 moment, he, however, did not receive full second place points. Um, None of the drivers received full points today, given the circumstances of the race, the fact that only four laps, four true laps were completed instead of the 44 that are are usually done in order to complete this full Grand Prix. The drivers themselves were given half points. So whatever standing they would be in on one through 10, divide that by two. And that's the number of points that they got today to contribute to the world championship status. Our top three today were Max Verstappen in number one, Georgie Russell in P2, and Lewis Hamilton in P3. Which is interesting because even with half points, Lewis Hamilton is still three points ahead of Max Verstappen in the world championship. So ever more the nail biter here. Yeah, I think the championship battle certainly continues to be a point of intrigue. I think the next race, certainly in Zandvoort or the Dutch GP, which is going to be a huge one for Max, obviously being his home race is going to be fairly decisive in which direction that title match will head as we get into the second half of the season here. But to just take a super quick sec to explain why anyone got any points at all today for only half or two laps basically and why they got half points and not full points so we've talked about before that there's a limit on the length that a grand prix can take including stoppages like red flags or delays or whatever so the entire event can only be three hours and the race itself can only be two hours so I'm not going to go too fine into, they also did some like special things today because the weather was so god awful in Belgium. But essentially to get full points for any Grand Prix, the drivers have to complete at least three quarters distance of the circuit for wherever they are. In Spa, that would have been 33 laps. They would have needed to complete 33 out of the total 44 laps of the race. 
for anybody to get full points for the race. That was not possible. That they, they could never get under racing conditions to do that many laps today. To qualify for anyone to get any points and for it to qualify as a race in the championship for the purpose of driver's points as well as constructor's points, you have to complete at least two laps under racing start conditions. So the only fine point of that that we at all care about is the first two laps they did at the beginning, they hadn't actually quote unquote started the race yet. So they did those two laps early on in the broadcast, if you tuned into the whole thing like we did, took their very, 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 very long break. Then they came back, and crucially, the difference was when they came back for those final two laps, they treated it as that they had started the race, though they did a rolling start from the pit lane behind the safety car. So it wasn't a lights out and away we go, but crucially, it did count as having started the race. They did two laps behind the safety car, which was enough to qualify that the race counted as having been a race. Then they red flagged the race. Everybody came back to the pits. We spent a little bit of time waiting to see what the FIA would do. And then they ended up doing exactly what everyone expected, which was declaring that the race would not be resumed. So it had been completed. The standing stood as however you finished the race at the end of that second quote unquote lap was your result for the race. There was a podium ceremony. So it counted as a regular race. It only counts for half points in all of the championships, but otherwise is completely the same and now also gets the distinction of having been the shortest F1 race ever completed. Congratulations to Spa 2021. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so Spa, yeah, I mean, you know, the whole thing was basically an unmitigated disaster Mm -hmm. from beginning to end. And there was a lot of like other weird things that happened that honestly were only um, interesting because by hour two and a half of the four hour race broadcast, like zooming in on, you know, the girl in the green bucket hat on the hill (laughs) becomes interesting. So like probably I'm going to say we're not going to go into them. But I do think we probably have, in addition to the fact that obviously the weather was terrible, there's mm-hmm. a couple other things about spa that we need to address a little bit because it's relevant for why they were so cautious today about weather. Yeah, so most notably, Antoine Hubert lost his life at Spa during an F2 race um, in 2019. In addition to that, on Saturday during the Women's Series racing, there was a six-car pileup crash around the same corner that Antoine Hubert had lost his life, and Lando Norris, during the qualifying laps of the F1 Series, had a, a quite a dangerous spill and accident. The six-car pile up in the women's series resulted in Bika Visser being sent to the hospital. And and truly, it, it doesn't have to be that dangerous. And we've seen time and time again how dangerous Spa is. And we completely understand trying to race on the edge and create, you know, an exciting, entertaining event for the viewers and the racers themselves, you know, to feel competitive. But definitely, this is, I think, shown that Spa and the the track itself needs to be adjusted for overall safety. Regardless of the form of racing that's taking place there, the spa track really requires a reexamining of of the layout. Um, thank mm-hmm. God for the halo. You know, mm-hmm. I think every incident and accident we have 
within racing, especially when multiple cars are involved, we we really see how much the halo truly has saved so many drivers' lives. Truly to, to know that so many people could be protected from having large impact on them because of this one little piece of material and design to the car, you know, it's a no-brainer. It's really, really crucial to be part of the the vehicle design. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in Spa in general, it's one of the highest speed circuits in the calendar. It's also one of the ones with the highest elevation change. This particular corner, Eau Rouge, where all of these incidents, including fatal incidents, have occurred. It's just pretty clear, you know, it's been spoken about before that this corner potentially needs to be reprofiled. They need to change maybe the aspects of the runoff. You know, right now it's a tire barrier. On other circuits, we have other kinds of barriers for high impacts to help so that the driver doesn't take so much direct G-force where they to go off. So yeah, I mean, as Kennedy said, like we always are looking for excitement and part of why drivers love motorsport so much and viewers love motorsport is, you know, the element of danger and watching people drive on the edge is exciting, but there's also a distinction between driving on the edge and something that's clearly unsafe. Mm-hmm. And I do think Spa in particular is a circuit that I feel like hasn't been modified when I think it's a little bit overdue. I think this season really proves like It's not, it's just not very safe in parts. And, you know, the Grand Prix Drivers Association, the driver's union that all of the drivers are members of, when they speak to the race director the night before a race, raise concerns about things that they're concerned, worried about. They were concerned that it wasn't safe to be out given the weather for qualifying. Obviously, Lando Norris had a fairly severe accident that Thankfully, he was not injured from, but caused a lot of damage. He did have to go to the hospital, etc. And I think that was also part of the decision today for the fact that ultimately we really didn't see them run any race whatsoever, which was it wasn't safe to be doing so. And so it's a big disappointment. It's a big disappointment for the drivers. It's a hit for the teams in terms of the championships. I can't imagine if I was one of the fans who spent four fucking hours sitting in the mud, how I would feel. But at the same time, it is fundamentally, it was fundamentally unsafe for anyone to be racing today. So it's good that they didn't. Definitely. Definitely. But we are a little happy that they did race today. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing is (laughs) if they had raced, and I'm going to be honest, this feels like a monkey's paw situation Mm. for two reasons. Break that down. Yeah. So... First of all, obviously, I've been dying for a George Russell podium. Mm. And I'm still thrilled to bits. Don't get me wrong. So if he has the very embarrassing video of me to prove the extent to which I celebrated this. However, is this how I would have chosen the George Russell podium to be delivered? No. No. No, it's not. Second of all, and particularly, we made like a to-do about loving (laughs) red flags and red flag B-roll. And this mm-hmm. is what I really mean by a monkey's paw situation. It's like, we talked about like, I love it. It's so fun. It's great. It provides awesome moments for us. And then they were like, oh, you like that? <laughs> Here's three and a half hours, hours of it. Enjoy. <laughs> and like, uh, I was like riding high at the beginning. Like mm, we were, mm-hmm. you know, 20 minutes in. It was still lots of shots of drivers. I was like having a ball. I was like, surely we'll get to the racing soon. Like, this is fine. Energy was flagging by like hour and a half in or so. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, switch to wine at about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Like, did some light exercise between two and two and a half hours. Some jumping jacks. Yeah. Like, some started a puzzle around two hours and 45 or so. Because really, by that point, I was like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I haven't been on Instagram in 15 hours now. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not even, they weren't even showing any drivers by that point. They just right. kept showing us shots of the same people on the hill. To the extent that, like, I formed a parasocial bond with the people who were watching the Belgian GP mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. person. Like, I had backstories for Specifically these Specifically Green Bucket Hat Girl. Yeah. Green Bucket Hat Girl who had at least three Heinekens. I Probably more, but, like, at least three to my vision. <laughs> I think, like, you know the B-roll's gone on too long when you start to recognize specific fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it definitely, there were some high points. There was just almost too, it, it was too much, not almost, was too much B-roll. So at the Formula One Gods, um, thank you so thoughtful <laughs> and considerate and I, we appreciate that uh-huh. however moving forward if we could keep the b-roll moments <laughs> to like a tight 45 that would be great for us yeah yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. understandably beggars can't be choosers so <laughs> i don't want to like look a gift horse in the mouth or anything yeah but like hey god me again so you know if yeah. we could just i just like to me like uh red flag b-roll much like truffles in a mm, dish mm-hmm. are best enjoyed like in moderation mm, savor them yeah i want like a taste of them i don't want like a whole truffle shaved on the dish yeah and today i was just i was the truffle pig myself and i had an entire bushel of them and then i was nauseous by the end and mm. that's just not what i was going mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. i love that you use truffles as the the sort of like metaphor here because of like how high quality um Mm -hmm. you know these drivers are and the offerings Uh of of this sport yeah on the nose there on the nose well and i also you know it's like i can extend the metaphor metaphor more to say like if the drivers are the truffles Mm. (laughs) that makes you and i the truffle pigs who like (laughs) i can find a diamond in the rough. Oh, yeah. And that's what Georgie Russell is. You and knew I could bring it back around to George. what Georgie Russell is. There is this moment. So if you're not aware. So Kate and Sophie went to brunch this morning and did not watch the broadcast live. I watched the broadcast live and it was in live mode and replay as equally painful. <laughs> However, there were these small bright spots in which the camera would pan over to the Williams garage. And I don't know. One of those times I happened to catch it, little clip for the girlies in our group chat. George Russell, you know, he he's looking around. He knows he's on camera. He he understands the assignment. He looks down the lens and he's like, What can you do? Eh? And just gives a little of those baby dazzling baby blues. It was very, very like TikTok POV video sort of scenario where we're like, oh my God. You are that, that bish, George Russell. You are. I will say some of our most quality B-roll shots, I think, also came in the first tight 45. Mm, mm-hmm. 
I think a lot of things were really great in that first tight 45 when we talk about this yeah. red flag session. Yeah, 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 yeah. With hindsight being what it is, had I been able to tell my past self, like, hey, maybe just watch that part and then watch the last 25 minutes and like, you're good to go. Uh, I would have done so. I feel bad because I was hindsight and I didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> Well, that's okay. Because I know. feel like I I went through that experience. Y'all better come with me and do it as well, okay? <laughs> I ate a full English in that ta- in that four hour time frame. You can sit through it as well. Yeah, and there was a couple like fairly glimmering moments. Literally every single time, this won't come as a surprise to anybody. Every single time Carlos was on screen, amazing. Mm. By far my favorite one was, actually this one was fairly late in the broadcast. We got this shot of like Carlos in the back of the Ferrari garage, like kind of like slumped over, like looking at his phone. Like clearly this man is on Instagram and he's like, oh my God, I'm so bored. It's been 600 years. And I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I look like scrolling on Instagram when I have nothing to do. Like, we're so alike. Formula One drivers, they're just like us. They're just like us. They also scroll Instagram when they don't have anything else to do. My favorite moment of the broadcast, other than like all the Georgie gems, was this moment where in the garage for Mercedes, the production team identified someone that they thought was Lewis Hamilton all bundled (laughs) up with a beanie and a jacket and a face mask and headphones on. But it wasn't. And I don't know who realized, other than myself, that that wasn't Lewis Hamilton. But they kept that name tag, that that pop tag on him for a really long time. The worst thing was that that happened twice today. And both times it was Lewis. And the first time it happened, it was somebody in those long, like, Mercedes, like, parkas, hood up, standing by the pit wall. And they were standing there for like a long time. We couldn't see their face, couldn't see their face, couldn't see their face. They splashed up that Lewis Hamilton name tag. He turns around. Comic reveal. Toto Wolf. That's amazing. Oh my God. And oh I was like, God. get Do your y'all shit really together. not know what Lewis Hamilton looks like? Like Google a picture for God's you sake. You have the time. Yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. There was also some what I would call extreme mundanity, amazing B-roll moments, like the action replay of the thing that removes water from the track. Mm, mm -hmm. We got like the same kind of gratuitous tire close up that we get from like an F1 car, like doing something cool. But it's just like this big, ugly Mercedes truck that just exists to like slough water away. Yeah. And I was like, did we need the... Do we need the replay on that one? Yeah, yeah. Or just like all of the lingering shots of very sad Belgian people. <laughs> cold, freezing cold Belgian people. Very damp, unhappy Belgians. In their ponchos. Please tell me they're going to get a refund. That was insanity. Insanity. Well, I mean, we could talk about B-roll moments nearly as long as the the broadcast was but i feel Uh like it's time to move on to my my favorite segment in the news thank you sophie for playing 
air guitar playing the in the news music as we're recording this segment. <laughs> so a lot has happened. I mean, we've had three summer weeks in between the very exciting Hungarian GP mm-hmm. and and the the spa GP. That wasn't that exciting. Uh, so we have <laughs> we have a couple things that right off the top we need to talk about. Item number one, we have a little bit of a calendar switch up. So the Japanese Grand Prix was canceled, which resulted in a little calendar shuffle for the second half of the 2021 season, resulting in Turkey moving to October 1st through the 3rd, and then a new triple header, which will now be Mexico, November 5th through the 7th, Brazil, November 12th through the 14th, and then a to-be-confirmed mysterious possible slot from the 19th to the 21st of November. So those those first three weeks in November, you know, we've heard rumors, rumblings that it likely will be in the Middle East to be determined. But we're closing out that season in Saudi Arabia and the new Jeddah track, which is actually being built as we speak. Formula One's Instagram posted pictures of the brand new Saudi Arabian circuit. It's making its debut. And then our final and most exciting race of the season, <laughs> she says sarcastically. Mm-hmm. The Abu Dhabi Yas Marina round 22 happening December 10th through the 12th. Mark your calendars, y'all. That is going to be a race you want to do a race brunch to because I guarantee <laughs> you being a little bit lit makes it even better. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it's, plus it'll be a night race in that time zone, which mm-hmm. usually means it's a 10 a.m. race for East Coast time. So. Right. Perfect mimosa time frame. Yeah. I mean, honestly, start the brunch like right at 10 a.m. Drink steadily. By the time the race is over, right. you'll be excited no matter what happened. Right. Exactly. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. So that's our advice for the end of the season. But yes, this couple little calendar shuffles. We'll continue to see those probably as the COVID situation globally does continue to develop. Hopefully mm-hmm. we won't lose any more races from the calendar, but they might continue to shuffle back and forth from week to week. So we shall see. We shall see. Shuffling my papers here. All right. Next item of business. <clears throat> Alex Elbon. <gasps> Got his first win in DTM Grand Tour Car Racing Series with the AlphaTauri team. Alex Albon, former member of the Red Bull Racing Team in Formula One. He he raced up until the 2020 season in the Formula One Series. You know, Red Bull made the decision to bring on Sergio Perez. But Alex Albon is a big, huge fan favorite of the Lights Out Pod gals. Kate, would you like to offer some commentary on this? Oh my god. As always, I could talk about Alex Albon all day long. I am so happy for his win in DTM. As always, I am, I would like to say, the leader of the Get Alex Back to F1 commission. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. any win in any type of motorsport, always amazing for that. Also, though I forgot to bring this up in B-roll about um, the Belgian GP earlier, guess who was there? Except Alex Albon chit-chatting away with Max Verstappen and Helmut Marko and looking absolutely lovely. We love. What a lovely person. I think he is so sweet. He also recently tested in a Red Bull F1 car for some like additional, you know, 
the teams are always doing tests over the summer and stuff. We love Alex. We so love happy Alex. for his win in DTM. Was yes. thrilled to bits to get a little taste of him today trackside at Spa. And, you know, I'm just going to cross my fingers that we see him on the grid next year. Fingers crossed. However, he will not be on the grid with Red Bull Racing because Red Bull Racing has just confirmed that Sergio Checo Perez will be returning for the 22. I almost said summer 22. That's not true. The 2022. (laughs) He'll be there too. But the 2022 (laughs) season. Very exciting for Checo. Definitely doing really, really well this season with Red Bull. He's definitely found his stride. Really interested to see as more seat confirmations roll in to see how that shapes up what the grid's going to be like for the 2022 season, especially because Mercedes has not announced who gets that second seat. And we know it's Lewis Hamilton in the one of the driver seats, but Valtteri Bottas or George Russell. Total Wolf mm-hmm. has got a lot of thinking to do, especially after this weekend. Absolutely. So if I just want to blaze through really quick what we know so far about the 2022 grid. So as it stands right now, what has been confirmed? Mercedes will have Lewis Hamilton. Second seat, not confirmed. We've talked about some of those rumors. We shall see. Red Bull, both drivers confirmed. Max Verstappen and Checo Perez will line up again next year for Red Bull. Same as this year. McLaren, also the same. Lando Norris, Danny Ricardo, Aston Martin, again, long driver contracts. They will be the same next year. Sebastian Vettel and Lance Stroll. Same case for Alpine. Fernando Alonso, Esteban Ocon, and Ferrari. Charles Leclerc, Carlos Sainz. Alpha Tauri, neither driver is technically officially confirmed yet. However, heavily rumored it will be again Pierre Gasly and Yuki Tsunoda but those crucially have not been officially confirmed by Alpha Tauri or Red Bull Racing in general themselves. Alpha Romeo has confirmed neither driver for next year so we could potentially see an, a brand new lineup for Alpha. Very interesting because one Mr. Kimi Raikkonen is the most seasoned driver mm-hmm. on the grid at 40 years old, 41 now. 41 years mm-hmm. old. He is he's definitely had many a season yes. since 03. So yeah, currently Kimi Raikkonen and Antonio Giovinazzi, but neither confirmed yet for Alpha. So we shall see. Alpha is a feeder team for uh, Ferrari. So if in the long term Ferrari is interested in maybe grooming some drivers upcoming, though their current lineup is fairly young so might be a little early for that but yeah we could see a brand new lineup for alpha right now haas has confirmed one of their drivers for next year so as we reported uh last episode nikita mazepin will be returning for that team in 2022 mick schumacher is not yet confirmed to take their second seat it has been rumored that he will return but we don't have any official confirmations yet and then williams again technically has neither seat confirmed yet. We have also heard rumors that Nick Latifi is close to confirming for the 2022 season, but that second seat at Williams is still very much open, especially as George Russell's future is still up in the air since Mercedes hasn't made a decision yet. So that's what we know so far. Still a couple seats to change hands, but certainly I think hopefully by... What do you think, Ken? End of September, maybe we'll know something? Ooh, fingers crossed, end of September. I mean, that would be awesome. I I, I would <laughs> love that. I mean, Red Bull left it until at the end of the season last year. So it, uh-huh. it would be great to know 
um, I'd like to, I, you know, I'd like to plan for the future. And it'd be great if Formula One could join me in that. Absolutely. All right. So a few more, a few more items. Valtteri Botas, he ran a duathlon during his summer break. A, a duathlon um, consisting of running and biking. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, the winner got to have a helmet and, you know, raise it on the podium. And I think we have learned so much more about Valtteri Botas in the last year that he's just a much more rounded person than I think he's perceived on track in interviews and on Drive to Survive, the Netflix documentary series. Definitely looking ahead to see what his future is like. I would love to to follow his journey wherever it takes mm-hmm. him. Absolutely. Speaking of documentary series and Drive to Survive, uh-huh. the true reason why we're all gathered here and likely the reason you've watched the television program because we bullied you into doing it. Um, <laughs> Drive to Survive has been confirmed for fourth season. So we will be getting a 2022 release of episode consisting of 2021 season ins and outs and the business and the wheelings and the dealings and the tears and the laughter. Looking forward to see how that shapes up. I definitely think that Georgie Russell might be featured. (laughs) Just might get some screen time in this season. They just might get some screen time this time. Really excited about that, especially how the season's going. I feel Mm -hmm. like it's a big build and then you know, we'll see, we'll see it all play out on screen. In addition to that, Michael Schumacher, you know, seven time world champion Formula One race driver, he is having a Schumacher documentary drop on September 15th on Netflix. If you've seen the preview for it, we've got all three of his children, his daughter, his son, Mick, and his other child, Sebastian Vettel, commentating <laughs> on how great, you know, Michael Schumacher is. He really is one of the the greatest of all time in terms of racing and has really just brought Formula One to the world stage in a way that's similar to the likes of Ayrton Senna, Alain Prost, and Lewis Hamilton. My last piece of in the news. Uh-huh. I have an announcement about a driver. It's not necessarily on the grid right now, but uh-huh. we still love them. Yes. Nico Hulkenberg and his oh. wife, the underscore crochet underscore girl, are having a Nico Hulken baby. So cute. So cute. So exciting. I mean, I love that Nico revealed this information as part of a brand deal. Like, I just. Incredible. I, it's incredible. incredible. You know, choice. there's babies in the mix now. Like, please buy Galaxy phones or something. But yeah. definitely, definitely um, really excited. Of course, we hear at the lights out. Pod really, really loved Nico and thought we'd love to have really great things happen for all of our drivers once they leave the world of Formula One racing, you know, and he's chosen to share this really exciting news in his life. And as fans of his, we're, we're so happy for him and his wife. Absolutely. Happy Nico Hulken baby. Hulken baby. <laughs> as Sophie was jazzed about that he married a craft mm-hmm. girl, he's now married and made a baby with a craft girl. It's a craft so. baby, y'all. It's a handcrafted. Handcrafted. So. Oh, that's cute. That's cute. All right, Kate. You know what? Hmm. I think it's time. Hmm? I think it's time. Yeah. That we transition to social media star of the week. The social media star. Of the the media star of, star of the week. Power. Star of the week. Star it up. We're going to tell you whose posts we bookmarked over the summer break, okay? 
That's the real answer. That's the real answer that we bookmarked and sent to our Lights Out group chat on Instagram. (laughs) Obviously, mine is Carlos Sainz. This is not a surprise. George had the one, the funniest post of summer break, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) So George has this post. He and Nikki actually both went to like, I think Mykonos. I think it's great. At the same time, which was hilarious, and apparently didn't know that they were both going there. So like awkwardly met up and had to have dinner with like their girlfriends together because like they were there and the Williams social media team was like, yeah, you definitely have to have dinner together and post it. Yeah. Um, But while he was there, George posted these photos and like, I think what's so funny to me is it's like a carousel, you know, on Instagram. It's like a two photo carousel, Mm -hmm. but the photos aren't different enough (laughs) to justify having posted both. Like, it's the kind of thing where you would send, like, I would send to, like, my group chat and be, like, five of, like, almost the same photo and be like, which one should I post? Heart the one. Yeah. Yeah. Heart the one that's the best. And then, like, you would post one of them. But, like, George did that, and then he was like, you know what? I think I look a little cuter in the first one, but, like, everyone else liked the second one, so I'll just post both. But, like, they're so similar. He's doing, first of all, he's doing the, like, you know I had to do it to him. Hands. Like, pose. Folded arm, elbow. Like, folded arm, elbow thing. 90 degree Um, elbow stance. Which is already, like, a little tough. And then the thing that's so funny to me is, like, it's almost the exact same photo, same pose. And in one, he's smiling. And then in one, he's, like, clearly trying to do, like, sexy face. Mm -hmm. And just, like, there's something so comedic when that came up on my timeline of, like, just the first photo. Because the one he's smiling is the one he uploaded, like, first in the carousel. That one was already kind of funny because I'm, like, this feels very clearly like a you-know-I-had-to-do-it-to-him reference. And then to swipe to the next, and I was expecting, like, a photo of something, I don't know, like, something else. And it's just the same picture, except he's dead serious. And I was like, oh, George, what are you doing? Who I will say, though, he posted a photo, like, a story, I think, from this, like, very nice resort in Greece that they were staying at and tagged the place. And I was fascinated. And I was like, well, I immediately need to know how much this costs. And you know what? It was a pretty affordable, like, I mean, expensive, but like, like I could have afforded to stay there for at least Mm. one night Mm -hmm. in the same like level of suite that George Russell was staying in. So I was like, honestly, we love a financially responsible king. We love it. We love it. But yeah, so I loved that out of George, but like, I can't, I just like, you guys, did you even see Carlos on that boat? Like, come on. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) He also put out a new episode of Don't Blink, which is like Carlos's own personal unboxed of just Carlos. And I choose to believe he makes those episodes for me and only me. Mm, mm -hmm, So it was mm -hmm. really generous of him to make a new episode of that for me over summer break. I love that for you. And just me. (laughs) Just you and just you. But so who was yours? So who were your two then? So I have two. Okay. Well, the first one is Mick Schumacher because he did a photo dump. He did a photo dump dump. and it was literally just plants and puppies. And there was something so calming about all that energy. And I was like, that is how I would have liked to spend my summer break. Mick Schumacher. I think that's that's good on you. My other, was the other f- one, Pierre Gasly. No, it's not. I just Pierre wondered. Uh, Pierre posted. This is similar to like 
a little bit too much red flag b-roll today. I think I got a few too many photos of Pierre on a beach at sunset. Like it almost lost its charm by the end. I was mm-hmm. like, fuck Pierre. Yeah, I get it. You went to the beach. Mm-hmm. Like you're very tan. Leave me alone. Get off my throat. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. Yeah. No, I, it's like, <laughs> ugh, Pierre, if I wanted to be on your close friends, I would have like asked you, but I just, <laughs> it's just too much. I like didn't even want that. So definitely don't put me on your close friends list, Pierre Gasly. God. Right. Right. Okay. So my other, my other social media star of the week, summer break is Esteban Ocon, our Hungarian (laughs) GP winner. Yes. Simply for all of his photos had the same pose. (laughs) He was sitting Hands folded in his lap, smiling like the biggest smile. And it was so dorky and so funny. But the folded hands and lap, like, I was like, does he not think that these are going to be in shot? I don't understand. And it's like photos of him sitting with a sandwich on cheat day. A photo of him (laughs) sitting on a boat in the same position, just smiling. (laughs) Like He also looks, I'm going to be honest, I'm sure. It's like like his mom made him pose for these. Exactly. It's like, I'm sure he was like with his like friends and like amorous partners. Every single one of them (laughs) looks like it was just taken by his mom and his mom was like esteban sweetie esteban (laughs) i really struggle to choose my favorite one because like the one mine's a sandwich one i'm sorry the the sandwich one's amazing but the one immediately after the hungarian gp like a couple days after he's like leaning on a car Mm -hmm. and it's like a photo and then you slide and it's the exact same photo (laughs) but like in a shitty black and white (laughs) filter it's like i can't even like peak comedy honestly comedy but like yeah i think the sandwich one is like the funniest probably because i'm like congratulations on your four caprese sandwiches i love it it's cheat day there's a certain energy to the one he posted after that where he's like on a boat which is again the exact same pose but like from a slightly lower weirder angle (laughs) And he's making a very dumb face. And like, I just, there's something about it that like is absolute comedy. I love it. So yeah, Mick Schumacher and uh, plants and puppies and Caprice sandwiches and folded hands and laps <laughs> uh, with a Sumato con. Those are my, those are my to- two social media stars. But yeah, wow. For being such an uneventful race, I feel like we had almost too much to talk about yeah well you know we can always find something to drag on i think that's you know why we're so qualified as f1 commentators (laughs) and you know i would talk about what was on the screen Mm -hmm. actually So if you haven't already, we highly encourage that you go and listen to our Money, Money, Money episode that we dropped during the summer break timeframe, where we just break down what sponsorships and the impact that money has on Formula One racing. 
That's part of our Road to Formula One series, which we're working to put together an episode all about the women's side of Formula One and racing in general. And we're actually going to be expanding the series to include a whole episode about diversity, equity, inclusion, and representation within the world of racing. So be on the lookout for that content in the weeks to come. With that, number one, obviously, we will catch y'all after and at the Dutch GP next weekend. We will be a little bit late on that because producer Soph so lazy of her uh is gonna go be a bridesmaid in a wedding actually God. on that sunday so ugh, won't be available to produce an episode unbelievable Jeez. you're not allowed to have other friends other than us producers yeah this is it. it's just us it's this just is it us. this is your whole world mm, should i finish editing the episode should i not should i keep it to myself what do you guys think anyways <laughs> So we will be watching the race. We will be making an episode. It will just be an eensy-weensy bit late. But while you wait for that episode, as Kennedy said, check out our most recent installment of Road to F1. In addition, as always, we would love it if you could give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. If you listen on that platform as well, you can follow our Instagram at LightsOutF1ThePodcast. Or our TikTok, which is Lights Out F1 Pod Gals on TikTok, to see what other things we are putting out for your enjoyment. And then otherwise, catch you next week. Catch you next week. Bye. You know, Kennedy, we really have to learn to stop doing like dumb, bad singing because she always puts it in the episode. <laughs> Sophie always puts it in the episode and it's so embarrassing. You've been listening to Lights Out. <laughs>